a week we have had together. Uh, yesterday was an incredible moment to remember the life of Gretchen, Ethan's mother. It was beautiful. Um, I think that some of you may be aware that we had other significant losses this past week. Our own Randy Staley uh, said goodbye to his grandfather. His grandfather passed away in the middle of the week. And Emily, Willie's fiance, uh, also said goodbye to her grandfather. So we've got, we've got highs and lows, don't we? Yeah, that's kind of a part of it. Let's, let's, let's go to our Father in prayer again. Uh, Father, you're the God of all comfort. Uh, when we lose ones that we love like this, we, we, we grieve, but we don't grieve as people who have no hope. We have hope. Jesus promised that he was the resurrection. And he promised to come and receive us, that the dead in Christ will rise first, and then those of us who are left will be caught up together with him in the air to be with you forever. It's where our hope lies, and that's what we're hanging on to. And we thank you so much for giving us these terrific promises. We just ask you to continue to cover your people that are hurting in our congregation in the loss that they have suffered this week. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so a very special, where I want to say too, our own Mark, you know, his brother went through that uh, quadruple, the quadruple bypass surgery, and, and uh, as only a little brother can, he felt his own empathy pains, and he had two stents put in his heart this week. <laughs> he, was, he was short of breath and losing energy, and so they found out, oh my goodness, he's got 70% blockage in some of his main arteries, and so they fixed that, and he's with us today. And um, we told him that his wife just told me right before I stood up here that uh, he has always competed with his brother on everything, and this is not something we want him competing on uh, anymore. Um, anyway... Blessings. Blessings to all of you. Blessings to all of you online and, and blessings to everybody here in this house. We're glad you're here. Gloria Vanderbilt, the once famous actress, author, and artist, said this, Every American has the right to make a fool of himself if he wants to, but too many folks are abusing the privilege. <laughs> you know, ever since the social media platform has kind of become a part of our lives, it seems like the foolishness has just become much more public. And perhaps there is a place in our culture now as never before for a word of reproof. I wonder sometimes if the foolishness we are witnessing is simply misinformation or or maybe it's misunderstanding kind of like the guy who walked into the shoe store and tried, tried on a pair of shoes and uh, the clerk asked him how they feel and the man said well they feel a bit tight and the assistant promptly bent down and looked at his shoes and he said oh well try pulling the tongue out and he said oh they still feel a bit tight <laughs> you missed the question here you have to I think sometimes our culture is like that. And what, what could be worse is that not only, not only are they answering 
a question that doesn't even need to be asked. I'm not sure they're asking even the right questions at times, questions that are so insignificant and, and unimportant, kind of like the little girl who was learning about the concept of consequences. And her mother explained to this little five-year-old that if she chose to obey, that she would have to live with the consequences. And the little girl had a terrified look on her face, and she said, Oh, Mama, please, don't make me live with the consequences. I want to live with you. <laughs> she got it mixed up, too. I, I think this is a kind of a picture of our culture. It's almost with some of the things that come out, we go, Where did that come from? There's no reason to that. And our, the common sense is, not, is nowhere to be found. And perhaps a better understanding of the biblical word reproof or reprove would shed some much-needed light in our, I'll just say it, Paul said it, in our dark and perverse generation. Maybe, maybe reprove is the word. I found a really good definition of this important word. Look at this. Reproof, exposing sin for the purpose of maintaining God's truth in a fallen world. Let's camp there just for a second. Look at it one more time. Exposing sin for the purpose of maintaining God's truth in a fallen world. Reproof is meant to be this persuasive, positive form of encouragement that's motivated by love and directed by wisdom. It most definitely can be a tough pill to swallow. That's why it's called reproof. But it can be food for the human soul. It can be bitter to the taste, but the healing it can bring, oh my, and all of us have times when we misstep, or worse, when our life is derailed for whatever reason and we're somehow living outside of God's design or, or his purpose. We've all found ourselves at times like that. Maybe, maybe some of us are going through that even right now. And sometimes with our life being derailed, it's not necessarily our fault. Sometimes it is, of course. But sometimes it's to no fault of our own. It just happened. An encouraging word of reproof can be all that's needed to get a life back on track. Where you're worshiping again, and you're reading again, and you're searching for him again, and you're walking with him and listening to him. It, sometimes that word is, is all that's needed. But only wisdom receives it. Only a wise person receives reproof. And God's word does not beat around the bush. I'll be reading from the uh, English Standard Version. I, I, I'm warning you. God's word does not beat around the bush on this. From Proverbs 12, verse 1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. I told you. <laughs> right there. Look at this, this one from Proverbs 15.10. There is severe discipline for him who forsakes the way. Whoever hates reproof will die. 
Another one from the 15th chapter, verse 12. A scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. From chapter 29 and verse 1. He who is often reproved yet stiffens his neck will suddenly be broken beyond healing. One more, chapter 29, verse 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now, there are the worst consequences for those who refused to receive godly reproof. But there's a flip side to this coin. Look at Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 18. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. Here's another, the, the 15th chapter, verse 5. A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. One more from 15 verses 31 and 32. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Now, there are some consequences we would all gladly live with, right? Shortly after Vietnam fell, there was a young Christian who was imprisoned, a young Vietnamese Christian who was imprisoned on accusations of helping the Americans as a translator during the war. His jailers tried to indoctrinate him against the Christian faith, and he was allowed only to read communist propaganda for months on end. After time, as you can imagine, those false ideas began to take their toll on him, and he actually began to wonder, maybe I have been lied to. Maybe there is no God. And finally, he determined that he would stop praying and he would no longer think about his faith in Christ Jesus. Do you know when he made that determination as he was sharing his testimony, the very next morning he was assigned to the dreaded chore of cleaning the prison latrines? I wonder if he thought, you know, here I am thinking, you know, God probably really isn't even there. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with this whole Christian faith. The next morning, he's given that filthy job. He said in cleaning, his eye caught some English print on paper that was used in the bathroom. Yes, this is gross. It was the words from the end of Romans chapter 8. For I am convinced that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He said when he read those words, he began to weep and he asked God to forgive him for his lack of faith. And after cleaning those latrines for the first time that day, he went to the commander in charge of the different chores and he asked if he could clean them regularly. The commander granted his wish. The reason the man asked is because he discovered that there was an official who was using the Bible pages as toilet paper. 
Each day he cleaned off a new portion and he added it to his collection of nightly readings. What his tormentors were using as refuse, he regarded as treasure. Today, this man is a businessman living in the United States, a living testimony of what receiving a reproof for a lapse in faith looks like. Now, the vulgarity of that illustration, that real-life example, is a wisdom that our world does not understand. That story sickens them. When it comes to reproof, a wise person receives it. And only caring, loving people will offer reproof. Hear me out here. When God calls us to give a word of reproof to someone else, y'all, it must be done gently. Must be done gently. Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love. 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. It is hard to receive reproof when someone is red-faced, harsh, and condescending. The truth has no power if it is given in uncontrolled anger and without compassion. Caring people offer reproof gently. Gaylord Kambarami served as the general secretary of the Bible Society in Zimbabwe. He told about once trying to give a New Testament to a very grouchy, hot-tempered man, and the man gruffly said that he would take the New Testament, but only so he could tear the pages out and roll them up to use for making his cigarettes. Gaylord told the man, I understand, but would you at least promise to read the pages before you smoke them? The unkind man said, I smoked Matthew, I smoked Mark, I smoked Luke, but when I came to John 3.16, I could smoke no more. It changed my life. A gentle word of reproof. Well, all right, but before you smoke it, would you be willing to read it? You tell me, do you think a harsh word of reproof would have brought the same results? Not likely. Reproof. Wise people receive it. Caring people offer it gently. But most importantly, God reproves those that he loves. Job 5.17 
Behold, blessed is the one whom God reproves. Therefore, despise not the discipline of the Almighty. Psalm 94, 12. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord. And Hebrews 12, 5. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. God reproves us because he loves us and because we're short-sighted, especially spiritually. We can't see what he wants us to see. A reproof many times is an effort of, that, God, that God uses to help open our eyes. So much more to be gained and experienced beyond what our limited understanding can take in. Look how C.S. Lewis put it. This is so good. Our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a vacation at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. And this vacation offer that God is extending to us, oh, y'all, it's nothing less than himself. It's him. I find myself always just kind of stammered into this misunderstanding that people say, well, why would God want to be worshipped? Why does he want everything about him? Well, because he's God. He's really wonderful. He's so different, and we keep trying to make him in our image. Well, of course it would be arrogant for a human to constantly want to be worshipped, but we're not talking about a human. We're talking about the creator of heaven and earth who doesn't need to sleep, whose loving kindness is abounding, and it never stops who loves you not because of who you are or what you've done, but because of who he is. It's his nature. He'll never stop loving you. You can't do anything to make him love you more. You can't do anything to make him love you less. It's an unbounded love. That God, well, a God like that, well, I think I'd worship. Well, of course you would. We don't pay attention to God's reproves to gain a better life on earth. We adhere to his reproves to gain him. Look at Timothy Keller. Don't obey God to get things. Obey God to get God. The reproof is always about walking closer with him. God's reproves will never take you where his grace won't keep you. After World War II, a missionary named Raymond Davis went to the interior of Ethiopia to work with the Walamo tribe. One of his early converts was a slave named Tyne, spelled T-I-G-Y-N-E. Tyne's decision to follow Jesus displeased his master. And his master refused to allow him to attend church or to study his Bible. 
Tyne's master frequently humiliated him and beat him for his faith. But Tyne endured it bravely. It's crazy because for just $12, for $12, Tyne's freedom could be purchased. But he never made anything. He never had a salary. He was just owned by this guy, so he never had two nickels to rub together. So it might as well have been a million dollars for his freedom. But when Raymond Davis found out that Tyne's freedom could be purchased for 12 bucks, he couldn't get his wallet out quick enough to pay it. And, and Tyne was free. He walked away from that cruel guy. Oh, Tyne was... It was a whole new lease on life. Well, soon after Raymond Davis purchased Tyne's freedom, the missionaries were all expelled from Ethiopia in that, in that uh, segment of time right after World War II. And Raymond Davis wanted so desperately to get back and tried to get back several times. 24 years lapsed before he finally was able to return to Ethiopia. Well, Tyne heard that Raymond Davis was coming back, so he went down to the mission station daily, just waiting for him. And finally, the day arrived, and Tyne ran to the vehicle and took Davis' hand as that car door opened, and he just began to kiss it again and again. Nearly a quarter of a century he'd been living in freedom, and finally he saw the guy. He just kissed it over and over again, and then he started yelling to all of his friends, Behold, behold, the one who redeemed me has returned. It's just such a beautiful story. Let's say Raymond Davis went to spend some time with Tyne. And he discovered something in Tyne's life that was amiss. That he was doing something that wasn't bringing honor to God with something in the way he was living. And you, you can imagine that Raymond Davis loves him so much, so he, he gives Tyne, you, you can imagine, he, he, he might give him a word of reprove. Say, hey, hey, th this is more in line with who you're following. This is, this, is what, this is how you need to think, how you need to act, how you need to talk. He gives him that word. Now, can you imagine time scoffing that reproof off as insignificant? Oh, goodness, no. He would receive it with deep appreciation and respect only to conform to it as quickly as possible. How could our reactions to God's reproves be anything less? It seems to me the most fitting word to God's reproves would be, yes, Lord, I'm available. Father, when we complain because we see that there's something in our life that is not lining up with your purpose and your design, would you just forgive us? And would you peel back the blinders in our spiritual vision and let us see again who you are and your wonder and the privilege it is to receive a word of reproof from you that we might bring you glory.
that we might more line up with who you are, live how you want us to live. What a privilege to be reproved by such a loving creator. Father, we are available to you. Hear our hearts as we sing this song. In the name of Jesus and amen. I want you to stay seated this time. You just kind of do some business with the Lord. This is a way of you saying, all right, I'm here. I'm available to you. Let's all do that right now. Sing for us, brothers. <laughs>